Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. All right, we are back. It is May the 21st, and we have a lot of great stories to share with all of you guys. And a continuation from yesterday, we have more really, well, I would say mostly really fantastic news as it relates to housing in the economy. And yes, I know I'm getting a little bit out of my shoulders, getting a lot of out of whack doing all this uh, patting ourselves on the back routine. Mm. But as Julie and I have predicted, uh, we are experiencing a mini housing boom in real estate. We have lots of no longer just anecdotal evidence, but we have actual facts to back it up. You all should be very, very excited. And I'm hoping you're translating that excitement into action, not just you know listening to us, but actually going out there and trying to make the most of this mini housing boom. Julie, welcome to yeah. today's show. Thank you. And there's definitely a mini housing boom going on out there. I can report straight from coaching calls, as well as from our uh, premier coaching call that happens every single day, that these guys are indeed busy at work and in the... Well, I guess we could call them normal people price ranges, first-time buyers, maybe the second and third move-ups, still seeing some multiple offers when it's priced right, and uh, things are going pretty quick. I, th- I think that we're still suffering from lack of inventory as things come on the market and get snapped up. So uh, a lot of people are turning to new construction and things like that to resolve that issue. A lot of you are tuning in to us for the first time, um, and we appreciate it. This is the number one daily podcast for agents, number one listened to, downloaded daily podcast for agents. We have literally tens of thousands of listeners now. And the question that I'm getting from all the new, new listeners, uh, <laughs> you know, my answer, by the way, is listen to our old shows and join our coaching program. But they're all asking me the same thing. Tim, what can I do now to make money? What can we be doing now to make money? What can we possibly, you know, where should my focus be? And I'm going to start out by giving you something that might be a little bit counterintuitive as far as my suggestion would be. It's stop being creative. That's the first thing. And I get this, you know, I probably had three or four variations of that question today. Stop being creative. Stop focusing on trying to create uh, business and create leads. Those types of words are going to keep you broke, especially uh, now, because this mini boom is only going to last four to six months. What you have to do instead is all the things that, frankly, many of you really have been, even if you knew how to do it, you've been avoiding do it because it results in, it requires actual skill and might result in actual rejection. Mm-hmm. So our suggestion to you is you urgently live, start living by the mindset of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I had a very interesting um, I would say pseudo intellectual conversation with a good friend of mine mm-hmm. who is a huge advocate of the whole secret law of attraction thing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he didn't even know how much of his own actual coaching and training was engulfed in sort of this pseudoscience, you know, fake spiritualism uh, that came from really started in the late uh, 1800s. You know, and it's and it really got its momentum in the 60s and then really took off and became sort of normalized in the 80s and the 90s. And many of you will remember the secret and all that. And his real, you know, he and I are friends. I've known him for a long time. But his, the place where he comes from 
is that you should essentially put all your best energies into your thoughts and into your mindset. And it's the reason it's called, you know, it's called the modern mindset movement, basically. And one of the things that his way of thinking, and unfortunately, a lot of you guys are infected with this way of thinking as well. The reason that that doesn't work and it never has worked, and it's 100% based in fake science, uh, is because it, it misses the most important element, which is action. You guys, look, the actions that you take, that's what determines your future. That's what determines uh, essentially the experiences you're having on this planet now is the actions you took yesterday or in many cases didn't take yesterday. It's not your, your, not your thoughts. It's not what you're thinking you're not thinking. When something bad happens to you, it didn't happen to you because you had a bad thought, okay? These things are absolutely insane. And the fact that many of you treat it as being a fact or it's essentially being treated almost like a religion is the cause for a lot of unneeded human suffering because you're going through life and you're thinking, why am I keeping on attracting? Listen to the words you use. Why am I attracting all this negativity? Why is all this da 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 da? In other words, you're a victim of thoughts that you can't quite control. And if you only became more of a master of your ability to think and more dream boards and more vision quests and more of all the rest of this, then somehow magically your life would turn around. And after all, you hear all these well-meaning gurus and leaders who are all basically preaching from the same pulpit as far as the mindset movement. And what I'm here to tell you guys is it's all fake. It feels good, but it's fake. It's not real. It, the real people, the people that get real accomplishment and have real long-term levels of ever-increasing success are the ones that, yes, have a powerful mindset, but the mindset is predicated on their actions. So the mindset movement starts out with the idea that you're going to have powerful mindset thoughts and you're going to work on your dream boards. And if you, you know, if you visualize yourself having the you know red Lamborghini, that somehow it's magically going to show up. Whereas someone who actually has a red Lamborghini has figured out that it actually comes on the other side of a lot of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Any thoughts on that, Julie? Yeah, well, I mean, if the quote law of attraction, the secret stuff, you know, think about it and you will materialize it actually worked. Wouldn't everybody be fantastically wealthy? Nobody would be sick any of the time and we'd all have exactly what we want. I mean, well, maybe that's too practical, but I'm just saying. No, Julie, they can't because they haven't taken enough classes and bought enough books. Well, maybe that's what I, And they have to work on their mindset. Right. Right. Well, some of the articles that you and I, that you shared with me on this as a result of that conversation you yep. had with our longtime friend, um, I, you know... I'm pretty practical about this stuff, and I appreciated the examples that they had of, you know, trying to prove or disprove this. And they they took, for example, um, three groups of students, right? And the, the first group, the students were asked to spend a few moments each day visualizing with a clear image of how great it would feel to make a high grade on an important midterm exam that would take place in a few days. Well, the second group were asked to spend a few minutes visualizing when, where, and how they intended to study. You see the difference, right? The second group was asking what was focused on action and the plan and how they would actually get it done. Not surprisingly, the first group of students who only visualized it and how great it would be to great, get a great exam studied less and did far worse on the test. Well, so, so their yeah. point of this article was not only does it not work, but it can actually work against you because you're believing so hard in the fact that it's going to work that you don't do the actual action of making it work. Well, so if you follow this line of thinking, and Julie and I had a whole section in our the book that came out last year in June about essentially debunking the mindset movement, and we were asked kindly to remove it. But I think we're obviously we still have it in our hearts to really demystify all that crap. 
Um, and because it really does have a very negative effect on the outcomes that you experience in life. Because what it results in is you not actually taking the actions necessary to really have a profoundly impactful, positive, you know, positively impactful uh, life for yourself, your family, and everyone else you choose to share it with. That's the ultimate outcome of all this stuff. And I personally have had coaching clients, and so have Julie, who will not let go of the idea that they will never have to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level. Um, and the world will somehow magically bring them um, business opportunities yeah. and leads. And here's what how this essentially has grown into something really insidious. If you look at all the businesses that are selling stuff to you guys, and it look, coaches for sure, but also look at all the lead generation companies, mm-hmm. all these other companies, they all are using the, uh, they're essentially using the idea that you're a believer in the mindset movement in their marketing material. They're not telling you what we're telling you. We're telling you that pain is a necessary component in success, discomfort, doing what you don't want to do. They're not telling you that. What they're telling you is it's easy. It's just generate. It's 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 uh, your relationships. It's Lead just attraction. You don't. It's attracting, right? If you want more success, you just basically you know these types of. Uh, fake thoughts and essentially these businesses that are trying to leverage the fact that so many of you believe that you see how one thing leads to another leads to another and guys if you were to really study the history of the mindset movement like julie and i have it's fascinating it goes all the way back i think it was to the 16th century or i don't even remember what the hell it was but um tarot card reading and all this other stuff it's all related it's all related all this stuff comes from that and it's all pseudoscience pseudoscience is a nice way of saying fake science um, and the only reason this is top of mind is because obviously I was just researching this again, dusting off my knowledge base um, to provide my friend and our friend with hopefully some information that would cause him to perhaps think a little bit differently and get better results in his own life. Uh, yeah. Now, how does that translate mm-hmm. to the news that we're reading? You will read news and you will translate it through your existing belief structure. And you will then basically take actions based or no actions based on your belief structure. And if your belief structure is is based in fear, and when you read these bad news reports, or you allow the media to manipulate you through the you know bad news reports, you are going to be essentially if you're not being uh, you know essentially conscientious of how you're actually reacting from reading these things, you're going to be scared into taking no action whatsoever, and you're going to make whatever situation you find yourself in. Um, now a lot worse, assuming you're you know in a negative momentum cycle. Or frankly, you're going to realize that the media outlets they have their agendas too. Yeah. And we have have talked a lot on this podcast and wrote in our book. And there's been a lot of research that's done on this. People are naturally attracted to negative news. And Julie, you had an interesting article it's about that. It's called doom scrolling. <laughs> you're seeking it out. You're looking for the next piece of drama. And I, I think you make a really good point, Tim. It's not, it's not just what the news is. It's how they're trying to deliver it to you and the reaction they're trying to get. And then you continue to scroll and you follow these rabbit holes. And this can take, especially if you're in lockdown, you know, you could spend a whole day doom scrolling. And what did that do for you? In fact, a lot of what you're reading is so misleading that you it was a total waste of time. Take, for example, from a pretty reputable source, we generally like them, Housing Wire, but look at how this really plays out. The headline is this, mortgage delinquencies nearly double in April on COVID-19 shock. Okay, so that's kind of doom scrolly. About 3.6 million borrowers were past due in a tally that, and then it says, in a tally that includes forbearances. Now, forbearances is not the same as 
as, you know, just being behind for whatever reason. Okay, so when you include forbearances, of course the number is going to be shocking. Duh. This is like an article about nothing. So anyway, that's well, what I it was like, mini rant. It, you know, you and I debunked the <laughs> yeah. whole thing about, um, and we have, so our theory is, is a lot of the misinformation about mortgage forbearances was being perpetuated by the, the servicers, by yeah. the banks. And we, we found more than just that's a few sure, little pieces of anecdotal evidence to lead us that, uh, to believe that when you were reading all those articles and there was a big flurry of them that hit oh, the, so Facebook funny. and other internet sources about maybe two and a half, three weeks ago that were saying there's the forbearances are bad news. You do a forbearance. It's going to ruin, ruin your you credit. Forever. It's going to ruin you forever. It's going to, and all of it was bullshit and we knew it was bullshit. And then Julie and I started doing some more homework and finding the source of a lot of this content. And we believe the information was being put out by the servicers, that's our theory, to essentially encourage people not to request forbearances, even though the CARES Act said that the mortgage companies had to give you forbearances. So what the banks were doing is everything in their power, in our opinion, to make it so that consumers, because they were receiving conflicting information, they would do nothing. And that's unfortunately what a lot of people have done, is they said, oh my gosh, I heard that, I read that. That if you do a mortgage forbearance, it's gonna you're gonna have all these horrible things happen where none of it was true. Uh, and so what they do, they didn't take the time to research it. You probably heard some of that stuff too, and you didn't take the time to research right. it. And then the information starts basically gather a life of its own. It's, it was an organized misinformation campaign trying to design, uh, try to essentially scare people into not leveraging the fact that they could have mortgage forbearances for basically 12 months. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, you need to text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're not only going to tell you how to do mortgage forbearances, but how you can get your PPP loan, how you can get an EIDL um, loan if you want one, how you can basically do all these different things to make it so you preserve your cash flow. It is our absolute belief that we are in a mini housing boom, which will last probably through early fall. And then we're going to go into a great era of uncertainty. Era, not months. Era yes. means years. Um, so just to put this in perspective, and I want you to think about this in your head. Don't be scared. Just listen to what your coach or maybe I'm your future coach is saying. The reality of it is, is that it took us 10 years to essentially uh, get the unemployment rate down from the peaks as a result of the Great Recession 13, you know, that started about basically 13 years ago. It took 10 years to get the unemployment rate down to where it was just last February. Do you really think that now the unemployment rate has essentially eclipsed the unemployment rate that occurred back during the Great Recession? You really think we're going to bounce uh, back and replace all those jobs that fast? It is impossible. It does not matter how many you know different government programs come out, and there will be more, and we're going to talk about some of those mm -hmm. next. Um, but the reality of it is, is that we are in a long-term cycle of recovery in essence we're going to be going through this cycle of having you know uncertainty in the economy get used to it it's not going to be something that's going to feel very comfortable for many of us but it's something that we can all thrive in remember the greatest fortunes in the history of humanity have always been made during the greatest times of change and that goes all the way back to the first bits of recorded history whenever there's something that's seismic like this that really shocks the world there will always be opportunities for new businesses new ways of thinking new thought leaders, new business leaders, you know, the, again, in a quite basic, you know, animalistic, capitalistic perhaps, sense, perhaps, 
the greatest financial fortunes that are still prevalent today. Many of them were made, you know, you can start the most recent ones, the tech boom, or the, you know, you go back to the, you know, Bill Gates, you then you go further back and further back and further back, you're going to see the industrial revolution, you're going to see all the way back until, you know, the Great Depression, there were more people that were becoming wealthy as a result of the Great Depression, not taking advantage of poor people, but because they were figuring out new ways to do things. And a lot of those businesses flourish to this day. There's an interesting fact that there were more uh, copyrights, not copyrights, what was the other word? Um, when you patents. Uh, patents, yes. More new patents were created during the Great Depression than any other era because business owners, entrepreneurs were essentially looking for ways to solve problems and they created new technologies. This is the era. This is the time we're in now. So be excited about it. Don't be intimidated or scared about it. If you find yourself essentially waiting for things to return to normal, if that's a thought that you're experiencing or an emotion you're hoping to have, that is a problem because the new normal is abnormal. It's going to be abnormal until there is a, frankly, a, you know, a vaccine or a therapy or some sort of, you know, acceptance of the virus. And or it goes away on its own, which some people are claiming it could. That happen. sounds great, doesn't it? That would be great. Yeah. Well, it just, just no, decides. I mean, to, yeah, yeah there there have been some viruses in history that it just nobody can explain why they went away. You know, that's working on hopium. You certainly can't plan for that. But you you know, to your point, you can't just assume that it's all just going to snap back to more normal. The the facts, the stats, are working way against that. So uh, one of our coaches, Tim um, Jane in in Las Vegas. She was talking about, she's been doing some charity work and uh, delivering, you know, food packages and things like that. And and one of the things she participated in, starting at like 6 a.m. in the morning, just cars and cars full of people waiting in essentially a food line. You know, that, this was today? This, yeah, this is going on right now. So, yeah. you know, if you, if you think that things are just going to snap back, just the unemployment numbers alone. What does the average American have saved? Four hundred bucks or something. Four hundred dollars, yeah. So, and there was another survey you and I talked about this crazy. two weeks ago that said sixty-four percent of all small businesses expect not to come back; they expect to close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, these are all things that are. So, you actually, my mom pointed this out. She said, Tim, even like if an entrepreneur closes his business, it doesn't mean the entrepreneur is not going to reopen the business in another forum. Yeah. And she's right. I mean, she's absolutely, my 80-year-old sure. mom is right. There. So this is, this is the reason that even though these bad news headlines, uh, it sounds depressing. It makes you just want to, you know, hide under the, you know, the staircase and wait for better days to arrive mm-hmm. and the zombie apocalypse to be over. But it's not going to happen like that. And you just got to be, this is the reason that we go back to the whole mindset thing. It's really started with this, right? Yeah. If your belief is that you somehow have uh, manifested these things into your life because of your thoughts, because your essential belief structure is based on the law of attraction, you're a shit show right now, aren't you? Right? I mean, I feel sorry for you. Right. You know, you're going to stay in this strange world of like believing that somehow you manifested all these horrible things in your life. And, you know, it's but crazy. Tim, if you believe that, why can't you just manifest the, to, to go away? You know, it's like you, you can't follow that thought through and have it be consistent. Well, it's so. because it's pseudoscience. It's exactly. fake, right? It's tomfoolery. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. I mean, it's just a bunch of fairy tales that people like to believe in. Exactly. All right, so next news story. Okay, well, so sticking to the forbearance story, just a little bit of uh, clarification came out from Fannie and Freddie. Remember, we were talking about some fake news and perpetuated. I heard that and I heard this. 
A lot of you guys believe that if you were in forbearance, you had to pay it all back in one lump sum. Well, that's not the case. A lot of you would believe that if you did forbearance, you'd never get a loan again. It would be a big black mark on your credit. So Fannie and Freddie on Tuesday announced that for borrowers who requested forbearance but still made their mortgage payments, so you got the forbearance but you continued to make your mortgage because you figured you know, you'd be fine, those borrowers can immediately close on a new conventional loan or purchase refinance with Fannie and Freddie. Now, if you had the forbearance and you missed one or more payments, those borrowers are eligible to get new conventional loans to purchase or refi from Fannie and Freddie if they have ended their forbearance period and made three consecutive monthly payments on their mortgage. The previous rule on the books, because forbearances have been around for a long time, previously the, the quote rule was that you had to make 12 months of on-time payments before you could either refi or get a new loan. Now they have officially revised that to make it three months. And look at it this way. That's not that big of a deal considering it's going to take you at least a month to find something you want to buy, a, a week or two to get yourself firmly in contract, inspections, negotiate, and then another 30 to 45 to close. So it, it, it falls in perfect alignment if that's something you wanted to do. In addition to that, they clarified that there is not just the one balloon payment plan, but there are four different options of getting the forbearance taken care of. Most popular will, of course, be the payment deferral to the end of the mortgage. Right, so. which is what we told you guys from the uh, beginning. Yeah, because yeah, that's what it said <laughs> sure. in the CARES Act, and we read it, which yeah. was very amazing reading. Speaking of the CARES Act, mm-hmm. um, let's scroll down and let's talk a little bit about... I'll read the... It's a Newsweek article. Yep. Uh, Pelosi accuses Senate Republicans of political retribution by refusing to consider our HEROES Act. Dum, dum, dum. The $3 trillion package passed by Democrats has been dubbed dead on, dead on arrival by Senate leadership. Okay. So obviously that's a headline that's a little bit political. Now, if you dig into the article and you dig into the facts, you'll then discover that there is a lot of really undesirable elements in the HEROES Act. Um, and there were arguably a lot of undesirable uh, you know, elements in the CARES Act. But in the HEROES Act, for example, the one that I think is uh, that they're essentially the hill that the Democrats want to die on is the idea that they're going to extend unemployment through January. Now, let's talk about the insanity of that. (laughs) All right. So here are some simple facts. The unemployment, um, uh, essentially insurance, in most states will pay you uh, only if you are basically laid off as a W-2 employee. This is traditionally how it works. Less than $200 a month. Well, the new uh, unemployment insurance that comes from the federal government is in addition to the state unemployment insurance, which makes it so that most people, whether they're uh, essentially gig workers, they're you know 1099s or W-2s, will be able to receive um, around 750 bucks a month. And that's, you know, we're not experts at this, but that's basically- you mean a week. A week, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, so that's basically around $3,000 a month. And most agents, just as a for example, are going to receive somewhere close to $4,000 a month, depending on what their income was. And yes, that's even if you're a 1099. So somebody could be... Un- now, the original CARES Act said that the unemployment expanded federal unemployment insurance was only supposed to uh, be th- for four months, basically. Now, the Democrats want to extend it. But here's the problem it's, going to, it's already creating, is a lot of people will not want to go back to work. So if you and your wife, as Julie and I were when we were selling real estate, both were self-employed. Um, you know, we both were basically, you know, we worked for selling real estate. That's what we did full time. No other source of income. We hypothetically, and I get not an expert at this, we hypothetically could have gone on unemployment right now and been making seven, eight, nine thousand dollars $9,000 a month in unemployment insurance. 
And, you know, I'm not saying we wouldn't have been um, still motivated and we would, you know, I doubt if we would have done it. But the reality of it is, is we could have. And there's a lot of people that are. And what's going to happen? Those people are never going to be able to, they're going to lose whatever edge they had. They're not going to be able to get, just snap back and go back into business and be successful again. And how about all the employees out there that are making, I mean, we people always talk about restaurant workers is because everyone can visualize that. But there's so many other people that like, what if I had my uh, uh, dental work done the other day and I guarantee you I was tripping over people at the dental office that were essentially going to make more money unemployed than they would at Mm -hmm, jobs. For sure. So what happens to that dental office? It goes out of business because they don't have the staff to support the, you know, essentially the business. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. And see, Mm -hmm. these are the unintended consequences of all these government programs. On the surface, they sound great. You know, wow, that's fantastic. The Democrats are so caring. Or the first run, the Democrats and the Republicans are so caring with the CARES Act. After all, that's the reason they called it the CARES Act, because they're caring. You know, right? <laughs> the insanity of it all. In theory, uh, and, yeah. and, and so, I mean, these all these government programs, if you just like de- assort, peel back the layers of them, you guys think about the unintended consequences of all these programs. And the unintended consequences are going to be far severe than, say, for example, uh, someone who just had to figure out how to basically make their way and go out and get a job. Like, think here, what was it? Um, uh, Uber had a big ton of layoffs. Now, you could yeah. say it's because people are traveling less. Well, I can pretty much guarantee, and this is layoffs not of drivers, but of actual staff. I can pretty much guarantee you that the real reason or one of the prevailing reasons they had to lay off support staff inside Uber was because fewer people wanted to drive Ubers because they could make more money unemployed. Yeah. I mean, it goes right on there. and on. It's never ending. No. That's yeah. right. And the, I mean, really is about to become never ending through January of next year. So if that passes, if that passes, I, I think it'll at least get heavily modified if, if it comes to fruition. But it's something that we're watching. But just think, but stay, yeah. just stay with that thought, right? So all the government passes a rule that says 1099 people would uh, can essentially, you know, be unemployed and make three to God knows how much money per month. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm an Uber driver. And I say, you know what? I'd rather sit on my butt and make $4,000 a month than I would go out there and drive my Uber. Yeah. So then there's not just me having that thought, but a lot of other Uber drivers having the same thought. Then that means back in Uber HQ, they're saying, oh my gosh, our revenue drops. And then you have the middle managers and the upper managers and all the people that basically made that company Mm -hmm. uh, successful. Now that company is going to start laying off people, which they did. And how about all the the stakeholders in that company, all the shareholders in Uber? They're then going to start losing money too. And again, it goes, that pebble that they dropped in the pond and the idea of we're going to help people who are unemployed, the ripples never end and it goes on and on and on. What if, okay, making it personal for all of you guys, what if some of those middle-level managers were planning on buying a house? Now they're not going to because they just got canned. So for people to say, um, you know, the unemployment's only low-wage workers is not true. Everybody in all um, income ranges are being affected by this. So what you're going to see, and this is the, you know, it's not necessarily the other side of the coin, but it is a fact. You're going to see more and more very motivated sellers start to come out of the woodwork and they're not going to be able to replace their income because there's not the, you know, job of what they did or a job of what they do is not available locally. And they're going to have to sell. They're going to have to move. You're going to see, because of this, you're going to see 
we think you're going to see big migration trends change. The mm-hmm. migration trends to the highly dense cities, they've obviously started to change because people are now questioning whether they want to live so close to other people in the event there's another pandemic, which there certainly will be. And you're also seeing uh, migration changes because people want to work, uh, you know, lo- they don't want to be um, going to an office anymore. So all of the thoughts that you can possibly have about all the different things, the dominoes that fall one after another, after another, after another, the one thing that always is going to remain true is agents that know how to be successful listing agents are the ones that are always going to be in power because there's always going to be a demand for a powerful, successful listing agent, no matter what the interest rates are doing, no matter what the job market is doing, no matter what the, you know, anything sure. is doing, there's always going to be a demand for powerful listing agents. Yeah, absolutely. So I often say on our coaching calls, our, you know, daily premier calls, the listing agent always wins. You guys get really frustrated when you're working with borrowers, especially if they're not, this, you know, they're not all cash, which isn't all of them. They're FHA, VA, you know, you get outbid, they can't go over list. Your frustration on the buyer side from an agent's perspective is so much bigger than when you're a powerful listing agent. Think about what you would rather have. 10 buyers, even if they were all highly qualified and motivated, or 10 listings. Think about your lifestyle, how that's going to go, managing all of that. You can manage more listings than you can buyers, and your income is far less at risk. Remember, listings are mental labor. Buyers are absolutely physical labor, especially now when you have to show up, unlock it, turn on all the lights and stuff with your gloves on, disinfect the whole place, take one person in at a time, and then do it all over again if they didn't like that house. That's right. So, you know, I I had to choose for all of you guys. Absolutely. It's not that we're anti-buyers or anti-buyer agents. It's just for your own uh, financial health, it's better to be on the listing side. But some of you guys fight that. And that's what we're here for coaching-wise. Well, so you know, we couple, can cure that for you. A couple more headlines, and then we yeah. want to basically leave you guys on a high point. Um, so here's another one. This one's from NPR. Cities have never seen a downturn like this and things will only get worse. The pandemic sent tax revenues falling off a cliff, leaving American cities, towns, losing more and more money and forcing uh, unemployment. Or basically, they're having to, you know. They're but they're docking. not getting their revenue from sales tax and right. things like that. Um, even, you know, toll roads aren't collecting like they used to. Um, you know, the property, all the taxes that are not flowing in. And these are, this is not a small amount of money, you know. Um Casinos were closed in Detroit, so they don't have that coming in. That's that's causing a $350 million deficit. City workers are taking pay cuts. This gets down to uh, even police and firemen. Las Vegas asked city workers to take a haircut. Los Angeles has a $600 million deficit. So that's just from lack of tax revenue. Do you guys remember, it was what, three weeks ago, Julie and I were saying no V-shaped recovery. And everywhere you turn, especially from you know these supposed housing economists, they're all saying V-shaped recovery. Well, they if they were referring to a V-shaped recovery as being a short-term mini boom in housing, well, then they were right. But the reality of it is in the macro sense, the economy is definitely not gonna have a V-shaped recovery. We keep on belaboring this point because we do not want you to essentially, we don't want you to fall prey to just thinking that things are going to be forever better and there's a V-shaped recovery and things are going to go back to normal. They're not. If we have to, you know, scare you into taking the actions to do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level, we're going to, but we're going to use facts to back up what we're saying. And this is the time we're losing, we're leaving and have law uh, left a the relationships based market that many of you the only market you guys have known the relationships branding buying leads that sort of you know mickey mouse of real estate 
it's all obsolete now. We are in a new market, which is going to be skills-based. So if you got a call today from a seller who was underwater in their mortgage and had to sell, would you know how to solve that problem? If you got a call from a, you know, basically a buyer you have in contract in the closing, you really needed the money and the buyer lost their financing um, and it was an, an FHA VA uh, loan broker and not an actual, you know, real uh, lender from the government, would you know how to solve that problem? Would you know how to solve the problem of getting people qualified if they have maybe some issues with their credit? Would you know how to solve the problem with buyer or, you know, all kinds of issues that are only going to come up in a market like this because the market's uh, it's changing so quickly. Um, and But here's a nice little, uh, we'll end with two little interesting conflicting thoughts, but we're going to decode them for you. April home sales dropped nearly 18% while declines in inventory push prices higher. Okay, that's kind of an interesting fact, but also yeah, well, not- that's one of those two things can be true at the same time, right? Yep. So even though the number of sales is down 18%, Pricing is very solid right now. Definitely. And that's the conversation a lot of our coaching clients are having with their leads, their potential clients is if you're thinking about selling anytime this year, now it probably really is truly is the, time. the time to sell because prices haven't been affected yet and inventory is still low. Well, so the, that's that's the story for prospectors. The flip side to that is Lawrence Yun, the chief economist from uh, National Association of Realtors, came out, what was it, last week, mm-hmm. and so that he's expecting a 15% drop in yep, prices. That's right. So you're talking about, you know, here we go. Is it going to be deflation or is it going to be inflation? Are prices going to go up or are prices going to go down? Are interest rates going to go up or interest rates are going to go down? Here's what the best thinking is right now. Interest rates are going to go down. They're going to start in the two. There already are. We told you last week how to get a mortgage for 2.75%, which is insane. That would be a skill that you should have in this market. Prices will be stable, if not slightly increase through the end of this year. And then there's definitely going to be some noticeable price depreciation because people were going to be entering firmly into the new era where it's going to be a lot of uncertainty. The sort of, you know, shock and awe of the pandemic and all the government relief programs will sort of run their course. And we're now going to be essentially, you know, accepting what it is that we're now living in the new economic reality. And that's where people are going to start saying, you know what, I've held on as long as I can. I have to move. I can't get a job. Um, you know, the mortgage forbearance is running out. I've had no mortgage payment for 12 months. I need to put this house for sale. Then you're going to start seeing essentially um, that's when things are going to start playing out like they would have had there not been so much government inter- intervention. The, right. the trillions and trillions of dollars that the government has pumped into the economy and all the forbearance programs and all the unemployment and all the PPP loans and all the rest of it will be played out within 12 months. And that's when you're going to start seeing the wheels come off the wagon um, for agents specifically and for brokers who don't know how to exist in that new market. There is not a day that goes by where I don't talk with a broker about moving over to EXP. And when I'm doing their numbers, it could be an agent, an office with a 50 agents, 100 agents, you know, 10 agents, it doesn't matter. I consistently find these brokers are buying buyer leads for their agents. Those are the business models that are, they're already basically on their heels, if not completely knocked out. Because the reality of it is, is those uh, leads have, you know, essentially the nature and the quality of those leads isn't what it was. It, I mean, I'll give you this, in 07 and 08 and 09, Zillow leads were great, you know, back before yeah. they tried to fleece you for all the money that they do now. But now the lead quality is not that great. I mean, some people, if you read online, even will tell you it's terrible. I don't know. We've never bought leads and we're not proponents of buying leads. But some of you only know that's how you, you think I have to buy leads for agents in order to attract them to my brokerage. And now you've discovered the flip side to that is, you know, that just makes you broke. 
the old adage that being a broker just makes you a broker, you're probably living it. If you want to have a graceful exit out of your brokerage, if you want to talk to me directly about joining our group at EXP, please feel free to text me at 512-758-0206. What is it? 758-0206. the number again? 512? 758-0206. Okay. You've either had too much caffeine or not enough. It can't be not enough. It's impossible. It's, it's impossible. No, I was just trying to get you to Revised. say it, see if you were paying I know, attention. I know, I'm just playing along. All right, so look, going forward, this is the new normal. Conflicting news, conflicting yep. emotions. Things conf- that don't make sense. Conflicting headlines, right? This is the reason Jules and I have been saying the new normal is abnormal. This is We just read you the headlines. You see how they're all conflicting with each other? The headlines don't even match the content, right? <laughs> it's crazy. It's, all, it's just crazy town. Mm-hmm. It's because... The world is trying to figure out everything wants to re, uh, return back to a you know, stasis, basically. People, you, me, everybody, they all want to go back to something that's comfortable where they don't have to worry about things changing. People innately hate change. And you're going to see a lot of this ebbing and pulling. Good news, bad news, good news, bad news. But just remember, you ultimately are responsible for yourself. Julie and I are going to do whatever we can to keep you informed, help you taking the right, help you to take the right actions, help you to realize that essentially that maybe you, just maybe, you need to work out some of the faulty thinking that you have about how to run a successful business, but also, frankly, how to make a profit. Maybe we can help you with that. Maybe this is the time for you to get ahead of the curve and you to create your new normal and stop waiting for things to return to the old normal. And if that means you have to make yourself uncomfortable for the next four to six to 12 months while we coach you how to thrive in this new market, then suck it up, buttercup, because it's time. You've wasted enough time worrying about branding, buying leads, websites, and all this Mickey Mouse. And I get it. Some of you don't know any different, but here's the fact. How's that working out for you now? It's not, is it? I have coaching clients that run TV ads, radio ads. None of it's working. It's because the market has shifted. You have to shift immediately or the market's going to keep on shifting and it's going to plow you over. This is what always happens. But remember, and this is true, it's a historical fact, the greatest fortunes of man have always been made during the greatest times of change. So don't be mad. Don't be mad and discouraged. Don't be sad that you can't do it. Don't have all those thoughts about your lack of ability. All you have to do is take action and with a prominent thought of your highest and truest purpose on this planet is to be of service to other people. And if you know that's true, then you now then have to learn the skills to help other people. Those two thoughts are connected and putting those two thoughts together is the essentially the very thing that you've been looking for to propel yourself to new levels in this new world. Any thoughts, Jules? That's right. Get to work. Make hay while the sun shines. What's their homework? <laughs> Their homework is to take action if they have not yet texted survival to 31996. I don't know what you're waiting for. <laughs> and, uh, you know, think about your outlook on being a listing agent right now. Are you enthusiastic about that? If you have fear and trepidation, how much longer are you going to live like that before you take action? You know, it's amazing how many people actually do need your help right now. All of our coaching clients are reporting the same thing. Even the ones that are newly prospecting who really don't have the most polished scripts right now and they're just trying it out, they're getting faster results right now, not slower. They're getting better responses, fewer contacts and better results. So, you know, you can either participate in that or just wait around and, you know, live on hopium. And we do show you about 20 different ways to basically generate free seller leads as part of our coaching program. That's all we talk about. That is the focus of Premier Coaching. So... 
when it's time, when it is now, um, you want to seriously consider joining our premier coaching program. If you guys want to get ahead of the line on that, you can just text the word education to 31996 and we'll have one of our new member coaches give you guys a quick call back. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. Thank you for making this the number one listened to fastest growing daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.